www.ctalkradio.net. You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. Well, I don't mean to disappoint everybody today, but Rick is on his way to Las Vegas right now to attend a meeting of his uh, master uh, franchisor, Renaissance Executive Forums, the group through which he runs uh, CEO peer groups here in Orange County. He does it here locally in Orange County and is part of an uh, international organization that does peer groups all over the world, I guess, but mostly in the U.S. here. And every so often they have a gathering of the clan, and that's what they're doing this weekend in Las Vegas. So he couldn't be here. So this is Paul Roberts, who normally sits silently behind the board and runs the operations. Rick, uh, Rick always refers to me off uh, off camera, off mic, and and is always saying, "What do you think, Paul?" and whatever. So today I get to come from behind the curtain and reveal that uh, there is actually more than one person here when we're putting on these shows. Um, Again, for those of you who haven't tuned in before, Critical Mass for Business was created with one simple idea in mind, and that is, what if we went out and talked to all the business owners here in Orange County? What could we learn from that experience? What could Rick take back to his peer groups? What could we, sort of like a big virtual peer group, how do we learn from each other? Uh, Good, bad, or whatever. Uh, What stories would we take away? And that's how this uh, show was born. And that's really what this radio station is built around, the idea that uh, we can learn from each other. So today, we've got a great uh, lineup uh, and two people that we're going to learn a lot from. I had the opportunity before we started here to talk to our next guest a little bit. And I'm telling you, i got a million questions already. Are you ready? Let's bring her on. This is uh, Michelle Richardson from ACR Builders. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you, Paul. That's all you have to say after 20 <laughs> minutes of us talking here is thank you, Paul. <laughs> I, I'm really excited to be here. <clears throat> okay. Well, let's tell everybody about ACR Builders. Um, let's start with the fact that you guys started, you and your husband. That's an interesting story in and of itself. Husband and wife businesses are always interesting conversations. They're the dynamics of, of doing that, of working together. But the two of you broke off and started, broke off from a family business and started your own construction business in 2010. Were you guys high? Were you smoking something? (laughs) What were you thinking? 2010? I know. We were um, just looking towards our future, and where the family business was headed was not the same direction that we were headed, and uh, decided it was a good time for us to make the move. We didn't want to wait till we were older, and we had kids heading to college and needed to be prepared for that. Okay. So what? Did, let's get you a little bit closer to the mic there, too, okay, so I can turn you up a little bit louder there. All right. So what did you do before that, and where did you think... Explain that. Where was the market headed? As we all recall, that was the height of the great recession here. Everything just stopped overnight in commercial construction here in Southern California, didn't it? It did. And um, we were trying to make some adjustments to to help the business get through that period of time, and um, it, it, it just wasn't happening. So we decided that, because uh, it had come to a stop, and we had a few clients that um, were still using us, but the volume was slowing down. And we just decided that we could probably um, serve our clients a little better on our own. And um, in that regard, it was good timing because we were able to scale back. Both of us had enough experience in the industry. Um, we'd been involved for probably 20 years um, that I could handle the accounting side, the contract side, and he could handle all of the um, actual construction, the bidding process, the project management, um, 
we had access to superintendents, subcontractors, and had had great relationships with our clients and our our subcontractors. So it, it worked out very well as far as the timing worked for us. We're going to get into that because, yes, it did work out very well. There's no question about that. What I'm still concerned about is what were you doing before? What kind of construction was the family business doing? And it's and what you do now is what you do now different. No, it's not really different. We're a commercial general contractor. We specialize in retail construction, tenant improvement construction. We do some public works, um, ground up when we can get those opportunities. There's not a right. lot of that. Right. Um, and that's what we did before. It's still what we're doing now. Um, we are, we really like working with developers. Um, one of the the aspects we like is just like I said earlier, the relationships with our clients, and we um, the the type of construction itself hasn't changed. Okay, so you, it wasn't like you were, but I, I would think the things you're building are different because you're not building shopping centers anymore. You're not building, uh, as you said, ground up construction as much or as often in Southern California. That seemed to be ground to a halt, and I think it, because in my opinion, it was way overbuilt. I mean, there were shopping centers in every corner. Everybody was throwing up tilt-up concrete buildings here for a while there, uh, any place they could, couldn't do it. So are you when you transition, what other types of construction is out there? Is it government? Is it tenant improvement? Is it all of that or something else I'm not thinking of? It's the same. It's just not the same volume. Okay. It, it's the same. It's just not as much volume. The... Um, the scope has been scaled back where people will be putting in super high-end finishes. They've scaled back to not as high-end finishes so that they can still have the project that they want. Right. Um, but they, they're just, you're not seeing money flow in the, the same volume. Well, yeah, I'm trying to dig out the secret here. I'm trying to find the niche. What did you find that nobody else saw? Or is that too top secret here to, to reveal to the 40 other contractors listening today saying? I, I don't think it's top secret. I think it was about our relationships. And that's just crucial, I think, in any business. And so um, as, as we went out on our own, our clients and our subcontractors stuck with us. And there's not not a top secret. It's just doing a really good job. Well, there must be a top secret because you guys started in 2010, and uh, can we give out some numbers here, uh, the size, or is that... is that No, that's fine. Because uh, here's what we're leading to, folks. The Orange County Business Journal ranked this firm, ACR Builders, number two on their list of fastest-growing private companies here in Orange County. We're talking about a cons- commercial construction company. Is number two on the fastest-growing or- businesses here? Over the last couple of years, that seems counterintuitive. That doesn't seem like I would see a construction company there. (laughs) So so we're trying to learn. Uh, All these businesses out there saying, I can't grow. All I can do is hunker down. I can't, you know, we're just going to try and survive. We're not trying to grow during this period. There is no place to grow. And yet you found a way to grow substantially. And give us some numbers here, just roughly, if you're comfortable with that. Oh, our sales in 2011 were approximately 900,000, and in 2012 they were um, at about seven million. That's that's a huge, huge growth in a down market. That's isn't that counterintuitive? So don't we all? Aren't, didn't everybody's ears perk up and they all said, "How the heck did they do this here?" You're saying relationships. I'm saying relationships. Okay. Yeah, um, I think we followed through. We said, did what we said we were going to do. Um, we tried and partner with people to help them come out with the projects that they want. Um, so I'm going to say relationships. It's, it's How do you build relationships in, in, a, in a brutal time, especially where 
people being let go. Yeah, you used to know old Joe, and you used to know somebody, this builder, but he's out of business now. He's gone. Now, that has been tough, because we have lost some subcontractors that we've gone to call, and it's like, what do you mean they're not in business anymore? Yeah, right. they, they were here forever. We spend the time on the phone. We spend the time um, making sure, and this is a small thing, but it's important. If I have a subcontractor on a project, I make sure to get my bills in on time so that my subcontractor can get paid on time. Mm. Um, that's a big part of it. We don't... Um, you don't hang them out to dry and they're not no. waiting. Right? No, no. That's, um, they want to work with you because they get paid on time and yes. quickly. All right. Any other secrets to building good relationships today? Do you join groups? Do you network? Do you cold call? What, what is it that um, you do to build your network of contacts and connections here? I network on the, um, really in the more administration side of running the company with, um, I'm a member of the National Association of Women Business Owners in Orange County. Okay. We just had, um, I forgot her name off the top of my head, but she's the current president of NABA, and she runs a... Uh, Laura uh, Neubauer. Laura Neubauer, yeah. Yes. She runs a delivery company here. Yeah. Something. Right. She's great. We she's just, just had her on, not this show, but one of the other shows here yeah. we had her on. Yeah. She's great. And um, we've had a great year this year with her, actually. And so I've made quite a few contacts through um, NABO and contacts that have allowed us to get um, a line of credit. Um, I have human resource access from from individuals I've met there um, that help run on the business side of things. On the um, the construction side of things, um, my husband is phenomenal at what he does. and He, he must be to, to have that kind of success. I mean, that kind of growth. He must be doing good work here. He does. Um, he does a great job, and he has the relationships with both the subcontractors and the owners. Um, he can have very candid conversations with the owners about areas where that they can save money, and he has very good conversations with subcontractors about um, what we need to have in the bidding process and, and making sure that all the bases are covered and we're not having to go back to owners and say, oh, well, we left this out or that out. And we just, and that it's very, very in, thorough. That didn't seem to be as important a while ago, at least if, if from what I read in the paper about construction, the overruns were part of the game and you just, you guessed and you bid low and then you, then you told them the real numbers later is when they're already deeply into this. Oh, I'm sorry, that cement has just went up three times and i guess maybe materials were going up you know materials are definitely going up uh, i just had a conversation with somebody else about that and that materials are going up when we change orders are part of the of the process of construction especially when you're doing tenant improvement contracts there's there's things you can't see until you get in there and tear out a wall right but right. we also don't look at them as a revenue source and a lot of contractors do uh, they look at them yeah. as oh i'm just i'm going to make up my money on those change orders and so both in our change order to the owner and the change orders from our subcontractors, we make sure that there it's a fair cost. If there's additional supervision, then it's in there. If there's not, we don't charge it. I, that reminds me, it's kind of the mechanic story. You take your car in for one thing, and he finds four more things wrong because that's just ex- extra revenue. And I always wonder, was it really wrong, or did he just try and jack the bill up by, you know? Right. We don't do that. Our goal is to continue to build those relationships, and when when we have a project with an owner for the first time, our goal is to have more projects with that owner. Right. So that's... So you're trying to take a long term not to... And that, that's got to be hard to do, because you're in, a, again, a very cutthroat, tight industry. People are thinking short term rather than long term. I just got to keep... I got to get something... I, I got to get some revenue in, even if I don't make money on the job, just to keep my guys employed. True. And depending on what the project is, there are times that that 
can be appropriate if you're in between projects and you just know there's a two-week break and it, right. it fits. You don't want to lose your guys. Right. So, right. Um, but other times, that's not always the best solution. Well, no, because you're not making any money in the long no. run. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I'm, you're being very mysterious and vague about this sudden growth. You started a company at the worst time. I can't think of a worse time other than the Great Depression to start a construction company during the Great Recession. Um, we, crazy. We definitely had a plan, and, and it went according to what we expected. We knew we had clients that... Um, we could develop or continue our relationships with and as long as we followed through on what we had committed to them and and that worked and now how did the rest of the family business fare is are they they're still in business okay they're still in business i do um succession planning one of your i was listening earlier in one of your um advertisements is a succession strategy yes and that rachel owens wonderful one of the first people i met in nabo and i looked at her i'm like i wish i had known you 15 years ago and i think that's just a huge thing for family businesses and i'm glad to hear you say that because so many of us me included i'm in my late 50s here you're you're considerably younger than i am here but uh, everybody out there you get so focused on building a business like we're trying to build this community radio station you don't think about what comes next and what comes next I don't know, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life or something here. Well, maybe there is a next. Maybe you get sick or maybe, you know, God forbid, you get divorced or, or the circumstances change or you just decide that you want to take on something else. Nobody thinks through that thing. We were talking about that the other day with Rachel and how few people really have an exit strategy, an exit plan in place. Like somehow that's jinxing it. You know, it's, well, I can't think about that right now. you, you got to wait till you're 70 to do it. No, you really need to think about that now. That's absolutely correct. And that is one of our things. You know, we had about a five-year plan when we started the company, and now we're at four years. And so um, we're looking at that 10-year plan, but on to a 20-year plan of our exit strategy. Um, we have four sons, so I don't know if, if we'll end up with somebody taking the business over or not. But yeah, right. um, it's something I want them to also be prepared for, and I don't want them to be in limbo. Now, wondering. what generation started this business way back when? Did your did your uh, My it, father-in-law. Your father-in-law. Okay, mm-hmm. so your father-in-law started this. Mm-hmm. His son followed in his footsteps to be the second generation, and you have, what, four boys, you said? Four. So the assumption is that one of them will step up and do this. In talking to people like Rachel, though, and some of the other shows, very, very small statistic of third generation have any interest in the business. They weren't there when Grandpa started it. They weren't part of that initial let's build a business type of thing. They didn't feel the pressure the son did to take it over and continue it or grow it or whatever, you know, do better than the old man or keep the old. But it's just Grandpa's business. I may not have even known Grandpa or something. <laughs> and and truthfully, when it comes to the third generation or, or fourth, very few businesses survive into the third or fourth generation. Because the third or fourth generation, like the um, here, the Orange County Register is a classic example. Mm-hmm. That's a third generation. They sold the business. The heck with it. We're not going to. Times get tough. It's, to them, it was just a revenue stream. They didn't have any love of the business. Yeah, one of my sons actually said to me the other day, well, Mom, what do you think I'm going to do, go into construction? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not going to happen. I mean, come on. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to go into a commercial break here, and when we come back, we're going to find out what it's like to work with your husband in a business. That that alone is a, is something we could talk for hours about here. We've had a number of those kind of conversations on the show. You're listening to um, Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio, and Critical Mass for Business. We'll be back right after this. Perfect. 
Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com got stuff to the right, more stuff to the left. Got enough stuff, but I can't take a step. So I smart stopped and took a minute to think. I need a little better spot, not under the sink. With Smart Stop, I leave the stress at the door. Cause it's the smarter way to store. Smart Stop bucks the system. Your first month's rent is just a buck. Your next three months are half off. Call 888-97-STORAGE and mention this station. Goodbye clutter, hello floors. Smart Stop, the smarter way to store. When you use the Premier Rewards Gold Card from American Express, the rewards points can keep on multiplying. Buy three with triple points on airfare. Buy two with double points on gas and groceries. And a single point for pretty much every other dollar you spend on the card. Then, start choosing from over a million rewards to redeem all those points. Apply today and the annual fee for the first year is on us. Call 1-800-AXP-GOLD or visit AXPGOLD.COM. The annual fee for the card is $175. See terms, conditions, and restrictions at AXPGOLD.COM. Okay, sorry about that. Got a little gap in there. I'm trying to do three things at once as the engineer and the host here, and sometimes I miss the button. So we'll cut that out on the podcast version. All right, well, we're back with Michelle Richardson of ACR Builders, who, along with her husband, uh, broke off from the family business and started their own construction business in 2010. And after only a couple of years, have now been ranked number two on the Orange County Business Journal's uh, list of fastest growing private companies here in orange county so congratulations again to you uh, for for that accomplishment in a down industry and during a down time you guys went up that's amazing now uh, what i want to talk about is husband and wives we've had a lot of husband and wife businesses on here i've known husband and wife businesses i couldn't my wife works in a bank very detail oriented loves to have the structure and the corporate and the benefits and everything else i've always been self-employed so we're like yin and yang. I can't imagine the two of us working together. So what's that like? It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, did you think about that one before you <laughs> She thought all the things she could say. You could just see answers running in front of her mind, and then she said the correct answer. It's fun. It's fun. We really do enjoy being together. Um, my, our office staff may not always think that. But how do you uh, separate, uh, and this is a question I always have, how do you turn it off? Uh, so do you go home and you're still talking about business at 11 o'clock at night and it, it's 6 o'clock in the morning for breakfast and on the weekends and at the soccer game and all that? How do you turn it off? Or do you turn it off? Maybe we, you don't. We really don't turn it off. Um, he does a better job than I do as far as turning it off. Um, but we do spend quite a bit of time talking about the business outside of the office, which is fine because there's business decisions that need to be made. When we're in the office, we're both focusing our, on our roles in the company. But to grow the company and to do long-term strategic planning, 
we need to also be talking about that kind of outside the office when we have time to just um, sit together and have those conversations. So it's it's always there. So it's a living, breathing thing. It's just it's just woven into your lives here. You know, at the middle of the soccer game, an idea might come to you, and it, you're suddenly sketching something off in the sidelines here or something. Pretty much. Um, we'll come up with conversations of who we need to call or follow up with or what we think is a plan, and then we'll, we'll revisit it. But it's, sometimes it's a good idea, good time to just kind of throw it out there so that we can both mull it over. Now, what if you have a disagreement at the office and something kind of, we should do? No, darn it, I'm not going to do that. I just said I'm not going to do that. Well, but we got to. And then, and then now you got to go home and have a birthday party or something here. Usually we can leave that at the office. Okay. Uh, usually we'll go back to our corners. We do uh, one of the things that when we decided to uh, start the company is we have uh, several different advisors. Mm-hmm. And so if we come to a topic that is what we're really not coming to agreement on, we'll run it by them. And there's there's usually some really good insight there that we didn't even think of. Now, and, as Rick would say, strike the gong because he's a big believer as a mind having outside Advisors. Rick obviously runs peer groups. I've been a member of one of his peer groups. Whether you have a peer group or something, you need some outside people to come in once in a while and give you a different perspective. Don't you find that true? I definitely agree with that. There's Whether it's a coach or just a, a friend or advisor or a mentor or a formal peer group, somehow you have to get some somebody who, who doesn't have a stake in the game who can look at it objectively. Absolutely. And we have a couple different people we can go to that help in that regard. Um, they definitely can look at it objectively. They give us different perspectives that also go with our our values of how we want to run the company. So okay. they can take that into consideration as well. And Well, let's talk about that because that's Rick's favorite question. What are your values? What is your guiding principle? What's your North Star that you two believe in that that uh, keeps you going? What, However you want to phrase that, what, what's your guiding principle to run a business? Our guiding principle is treating our employees, our subcontractors, our clients, our vendors as fairly as possible, trying to just balance so that everyone comes away feeling like it was a win-win situation. So we're not living in the zero-sum world anymore where I won, you lost, and do you want to play again? No. We're definitely not living in that world. We um, value our clients. We value our employees. We, we look at it as a team uh, approach in our office and with everybody out on a job site. So what do you do to build that team or to promote that team? Is it just is it just come because you two are a team and so everybody, it, the business reflects the people that run it, they always say. So you guys sound like you must be a pretty good team uh, to have taken it this far and people just follow that example or do you go out and do other things to help? develop this team mentality the group that we're working with we've worked with for quite a long time and so there's a team feeling there just because we know each other and you kind of know what each person's capable of and where you need to fill in and help or what you should give them and let them run with it Um, that is one of our things actually with growing the company right now that we're having to work on developing is how do we keep that team atmosphere going and i think a lot of it will be for future hires is that they will know our mission statement ahead of time and um, we'll make sure in the hiring process that they're on board with that, that they want to work with that kind of environment. So where does the future hold for ACR? What, what, what do you see over the horizon? Is construction coming back? Is it morphing into some other area? Like we talked about uh, government construction. Apparently that's a subsector that's still doing very well. Or tenant improvements. There will always be people rehabbing the interior buildings and stuff like that. Or is there something else that I'm not seeing on the horizon here. 
the tenement improvements will always be there because people always want to have things remodeled and they right. decide they're too old. Uh, but tenant improvements can also be complete exterior remodels of buildings, which are large projects. You can do an entire shopping center, and it's technically it's not a tenant improvement, but it is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, we're running into, um, we're getting a lot of calls for people who want to do design-build projects. It used to be that you just did a project, uh, they showed up, you had, they had a set of plans, you bid it, and you built it. Mm-hmm. Now uh, clients come, they don't even have an architect yet, and they want us to just package it all up for them. So really? that's that's okay. an area we're growing in. Um, a lot of it's because people are headed into business that don't know anything about construction, and, and that that is our niche because we're a team building company and, and we want to work with as a team with so maybe that's an add-on future add-on service where you, you, you used to just work off of somebody else's plans now maybe you're a little more of a consultant or helping them do you actually do architectural yeah. or something we don't have architectural in-house but we certainly want to be involved very early in the process and we can't can bring an architect in in um and collaborate with them on projects all right. Well, we've got about a minute left. Um, anything we didn't cover that you'd like to get across about your business here? I mean, again, I think it's an amazing story, and, and you you seem to have kind of like a aw shucks uh, answer to it here. <laughs> oh, so we started in a tough time. Okay, so I work with my husband. So what's the problem with that? So so we're in construction, you know. It's all good, you know. We're, we're growing. It's okay. We what? just have good relationships. That's all the good relationships with the two of you. It must filter down through all your relationships, I'm, I'm guessing here. That probably we do have this. Both of us have the same approach. And uh, we. it is about the relationships. Um, I would certainly want to say that we can be reached at uh, our, our website address is www.acrbuild.com. Okay. And uh, people can certainly take a look on our website and see what kind of work we do. And um, if you uh, have a project you're interested in doing, let us know. Okay. Yeah. And for, in any phase, they, they don't have to just wait until they got the plans all drawn and they're ready to pull the permits to, to talk to you. Here Definitely about. not. As a matter of fact, if you're just looking at a space, uh, come talk to us first because oftentimes you can pick a space thinking it's the best place and they'll be hidden costs you don't realize because... Ah, now, there, there, that's the word. now you just paid the price of admission here. You gave me an <laughs> insight. I never would have thought of that because I've seen lots of... Uh, in, in years gone by, I did marketing and public relations promotions, and bit, the businesses were always growing and looking at new locations. I would have never thought, nor did I ever see anybody consult a construction company as we're looking at some new space. We found it. We were convinced it was close to this and had this and the right size and everything else. And you're right. Then later on, all of a sudden we go, oops, we didn't realize that this is in the wrong, I don't know, zone or something right or, or you're going to have huge costs you don't expect because it's your electrical requirements aren't met by the building and now you pull in a new power feed or something yeah. of that nature i've that seen that can, happen a lot i used to be yeah. involved in restaurants and they'd, they'd get a mm-hmm. 200 amp pa- panel and suddenly we needed a 400 or 600 amp panel and it was like whoops that nobody expected that or whatever right so sometimes it can make a difference when you're getting ready to sign up a lease and and so we'd like to actually come in as early as possible on a project now what do you ch- do you charge them to do that or is it just part of the no that's usually something particularly for our existing clients um that's something that we'll ah, do so back to relationships if i'm mm-hmm. an existing client then you do all sorts of little freebies for me here but okay. we also if a new client were to come in and just would like us to come look at a site we're open to doing that um we have another some just recently somebody who called we went and looked at their site and they had a set of plans and we said these plans you can't build from these plans mm. so but that's part of treating people right and that's what we're about well so. there's an insight if every construction company could do that and view themselves as consultants and not just as contractors where they're really in there helping to you know i, I see so many people i've met lots of construction people through the years and various projects i've done 
and most of them are just tell me what you show me what you want and I'll build it. Even though I think it's crazy, even though I think it'll cost you a million dollars and I know a cheaper way to do it. That's your plan, that's what I'm gonna build. You know, they're not very consultive about it. They don't they don't they're not thinking of your interest, they're just trying to, as you said, you know, maximize the profit, and I understand. No, because our goal is definitely looking long-term. We don't want to do one project. We want to do five projects with you, and even if they're spread out over 10 years, and it's every other year. So we will make suggestions along the way to do what they call value engineering, and mm-hmm. sometimes there are cheaper ways to do to get the same product or the same effect, and whenever we can make those suggestions, we will. Value engineering. Valuable valuable insights you've given us. Give us your website and info one more time here, and uh, make sure everybody knows how to get in touch with you. It's www.acrbuild.com. All right. Well, if you're even thinking about doing something, give them a call and uh, have them come out and take a look at it. All right. We're going to wrap things up and come back uh, with our next guest uh, right after this. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Math for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Math for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plan and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmathforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. 